The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. When the time came for the purification according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opened the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from where she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. Coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew, became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our gospel proclamation is from the lesson of the Luke, Luke in chapter 2 that I just finished reading for you and serves as the basis of our theme for the first Sunday after Christmas. Just where we want to be. Have you ever been that person? You know, you went and had just the best dinner you will ever have and now you're ready to die. Or you went on the vacation of a lifetime and you would rather not go to work. Only heaven can top this experience. Or your favorite team reached the pinnacle of their respective sport and you knew that it was probable they will break up the team the next season and it may be years before they reach the championship ever again. Saying, I'm good, Lord. Just take me home now. It just doesn't get any better than this. If you've had this reaction, euphemistically, of course, I don't want any of you to leave faith, of course. But if you at least can sympathize with this sentiment, well then, your understanding 
just scratches the surface of understanding our dear Simeon in our lesson today. Everything he has waited for found its culmination in the Christ child in the temple today, and he was now ready to depart. And just like we sing every third Sunday, he said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I know, that's the old version that we don't sing anymore. But that's the one I sang sitting next to my father and mother at Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran Church in Littleton, Colorado, and still means the most to me today. Because every time we went to communion, we saw our Lord, and we were ready to die, forgiven and restored by the Savior we couldn't wait to see at the consummation of the age. I still feel that way. I only wish I had more time sitting next to Marcy and my sons, just like I did with my parents. But being here is still my favorite hour of the week, regardless of where I sit. It's just so far superior to anything I do all week. We're with the Lord. We're devoted to his word. We're singing his music. Kind of like that little boy that has that special fishing hole that nobody else knows about. And he can go there and be in perfect peace with nature. And even has a better than not chance of bringing a delicious bass home with him when the bell on the porch rings to bring him home for dinner. Or that special tea house that has the perfect ambiance with the doilies on the table and the soft music flowing through your soul. You're just so happy to be with friends in that perfect social setting that you never want to leave. Now, your understanding barely scratches understanding Simeon and the prophetess Anna, whose happy place was the temple day and night. Because they knew the savior of the world was coming and he was to make his appearance in his father's temple soon. This is the fervent dedication we can feel too. But we don't, do we? Sometimes we, myself included, can think of many places we would rather be than up early in church on Sunday or at the end of a busy Saturday. After all, this may not be our ultimate happy place. Simeon and Anna should give us pause. If anything is more important than this, ask yourself, what activity or place you call your ultimate getaway forgives your sins? Where can you go to be with Jesus who is actually present with you so much so that you can see, smell, touch, and even take him in yourself? 
Where can you go that you can hear the hymns written for the universe and all people, regardless of race, color, or creed? Where can you go to hear God speak to you, come to you, and promise to stay with you even when you leave his house of worship? Church is the only place that covers all those for you and your children and your children's children as long as you all live. Church is the only place that celebrates the death of God as salvation for sinners. Church is the only place that makes sinners into saints. Church is the only place that gathers those saints together to regularly motivate them to bring more sinners so they can be saints too. Church is the only place that tells us Jesus died for sinners so they can be free if they believe He did it for them and now want to live their lives in love for him. I knew a man by the name of Jim that was a member of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Kingsland, Georgia. He was also a regular patron of a local bar just off the submarine base called the Bloody Bucket. Now, this is not a family style bar, as you can ascertain by the title of the bar. It was really more of a biker bar, a sailor bar, and you went there to drink and socialize with other drinkers, plain and simple. While that may seem to be a contradiction, where Jim was concerned, I can assure you, it was not. He would have his drink, fellowship in their own way, and while I imagine it could be saucy from time to time, after all, mostly sailors and bikers, he kept it clean, even though he was a tough character, in and of himself. His pastor at Holy Trinity, not the current pastor, also spent at least one night a week there enjoying a beer and a break from the ministry. Now, I should be clear at this point in my story, neither one went to the bloody bucket to save sinners. They went because that was their happy place, free of judgment and helped them to relax. Not my cup of tea, but I did understand. But as the other patrons got to know them and realized my friend was a pastor and Jim was a member at his church, the reactions were predictable. Ha ha, y'all, preacher and Jim are here. You better watch your language. You're a preacher? This is where you should be. Plenty of sinners here. I didn't know preachers could drink. Now don't you try to get me coming to church. Now the pastor and Jim would take this all in stride and joke back and forth with every comment. And eventually these would subside as they became just as much a part of the culture of the bar as all the patrons who had always been there. But Jim would never allow that last comment to slide. Don't you try to get me coming to church. He would immediately turn on his bar stool and say in firm but plain language, I don't want to hear any arguing about it. Y'all need to be in church. And he was big enough and rough enough to make it stick. And Jim's integrity was true. He didn't just admonish it. He meant what he said and said what he meant. I would preach up there during Lent and Advent and I would always pick out Jim in the crowd. He was the one standing wearing his bloody bucket t-shirt, standing in the back for the whole service. 
Simeon is our example. Anne is our example. And Jim is my personally favorite example. Don't make any apologies for it. This place is too important for everyone. Just tell them they need to be here and leave the rest to me. We just all need to remember and be reminded by the likes of Simeon, Anna, and Jim. Church is just where we want to be. Amen. Now may that peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.